Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. fashion at the moment is to make big announcements about stuff isn't it so uh, and, and to create um, some beautiful social media post uh, to announce some brand new stage of life or thing that is happening in your life whatever it might be so it could be that you get engaged and this seems to be a real thing like there is a social media post of the two of you one on their knee obviously with the ring and it's a sunset and whenever I see these I think you either had somebody there with you when you got engaged, which is a bit weird, or you've done a photo shoot, which I think is a bit weirder. I'm not, that might just be me. Uh, and But there's this big announcement that is made. Uh, and it seems to be all sorts of things. If you get a new job or a new house, um, really anything like that, there is a big social media kind of, yes, this thing has happened in our life and everybody comments or, and, you know, likes or if they're a bit miserable like me, unfollows because you don't want to hear that stuff. Um, but one of the big trends at the moment is to announce the sex of the baby that you are about to have. These kind of baby uh, gender announcement parties are a thing. And there's often actually a big elaborate video, uh, especially if celebrities do these. So uh, Harry Kane, a very overrated footballer for an overrated football team, uh, he announced... Uh, the sex of his baby by there was uh, he had some football posts he had a ball, football on the penalty spot and he had a balloon in the corner he had to hit this balloon with the football taking a penalty and then the balloon would explode in either pink or or blue i assume uh, ribbons that would then tell everybody what the sex of the baby was a big reveal a big announcement and we love this sort of stuff at the moment it seems to be a real thing and it's kind of the age that we live in don't we we live in the age of hype we live in the age of big statements, breaking news, huge announcements, which in reality are out of date very, very quickly and sometimes forgotten within a day or two. And at this time of year, we begin to look forward to Christmas. And it's a time of year that actually that just deserves genuine hype and genuine announcements. I never quite understand it when Christians get a bit down on Christmas and like we shouldn't celebrate and we should be a bit austere. I'm like, this is the ultimate reason to have a massive party and to be generous to your friends and family and to celebrate and enjoy yourself because it's about the birth of a king. It's the ultimate hype story, isn't it? It really is. But the story actually in of itself doesn't quite play out in that way. It isn't actually hyped particularly. In fact, as we read the story, and we're going to a bit today, we're going to realise it's underplayed somewhat. You think a decent marketing team available to Mary and Joseph actually could have uh, made something more of this story. We're just going to read a couple of verses from Galatians today, just to remind ourselves a bit of this story and look at the hype and the announcement that there was here. Uh, Galatians 4, if you've got your Bibles, go to Galatians 4, just verses 4 to 6 says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
actually if you think about it that's a crazy announcement isn't it i mean how would you fit all of that into a facebook post or, or an instagram story or whatever it might be it, it's a huge thing so let's think what's announced here what are the big announcements now, the first one is this is obviously the coming of jesus born of a woman Okay, so let's let's just think about this part of the announcement here. Okay, so that is what we're celebrating. Obviously, the arrival of Jesus, our King, our Lords, our Savior, and actually, this arrival is kind of a hint of how Jesus is going to operate. It's he starts as he means to go on, and actually, it's relatively low key. Okay, it's relatively unheralded. Uh, very few people are actually get to take part in this or really even quite understand what's going on or even know what's going on i don't know if you uh, many of you are old enough to remember i'm sure some of you might be um, that when michael jackson uh, released one of his later albums uh, he did a huge album launch which you have to do for your later albums clearly they weren't as good as the earlier ones um, so he needed a big album launch to really hype this up and in order to hype this up he floated a big golden statue of himself down the River Thames. I don't know if any of you remembers this. And actually, he did this in a number of global cities. This big statue of himself. It's almost like he hadn't read the Bible. This huge golden statue of himself. And he put it on show and he wanted people to notice this and to be impressed uh, and to be aware of him and understand he was still there and he was still relevant and important and powerful even. Perhaps if you're the leader of a country or, or a ruler of a country, uh, you want people to understand how much power you have. And so you have these big palaces, there's lots of wealth, there's guards, there's staff, all of which is meant to make people notice. It's a big announcement of who you are, the power and authority that you have. Well, Jesus doesn't do any of that stuff at all. He doesn't put on a show. Actually, he arrives on earth as the illegitimate son of a carpenter who uh, was partnered with a young girl and he didn't know how she got pregnant. Uh, and they were poor Middle Easterners living in the backwater of a Roman empire. And they were very unimpressive. There was nothing about them that was impressive at all. And in fact, barely anybody noticed. They weren't even in their hometown when they gave birth. They had to be somewhere else because of the state of the politics of the time. They were in Bethlehem. So in terms of family and friends around them, even they weren't there to notice. There was some shepherds, some wise men, but little else to herald the arrival of the Son of God. And actually, if we pause for a moment, we're talking about the most important event in history, really. We are talking about the most impressive launch event of all time. We are talking about the incarnation. OK, so what do we mean by that? Well, Paul says, OK, born of a woman and then said, God sent forth his son. And he's talking about God's becoming flesh, God's becoming human, God coming down uh, from eternity to be with us. Now, actually, in the ancient world, this isn't a particularly unusual concept. This is uh, not unheard of in the stories and myths of the ancient world. There are many stories of Zeus coming to earth in various forms but when they these gods in their stories came to earth they tended to cause chaos and destruction uh, actually this is not what happens with Jesus but this story is not super unusual and Jesus himself explains actually how his incarnation is going to work 
in John 6, he says, look, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And it's a big old audacious claim, actually. God comes down to, to earth from heaven. And Christmas is a celebration of the arrival of God, okay? of eternity coming into the finite, into earth, of the supernatural just walking our streets. That's what we're talking about. Actually, I think that's worth decorating your house. I think that's worth giving presents to your friends and family. I think that's worth a party. I think that's worth nice foods. I think that's worth being kind to each other. I think that's worth our Christmas celebrations. Uh, but actually, what we see again with this is a very low-key arrival. So uh, when we planted uh, 11 years ago into Fallowfields, so me and the family moved to Manchester in 2009 and we planted into Fallowfields. I tried to make as much noise as I possibly could to announce this church was now existing. I talked to anyone who I met about church, about Jesus. I remember one guy cold calling me about, I can't remember what about, uh, some sales call. And I spent the whole time trying to convince him to come to my church, uh, which is ridiculous, but that's what we tried. We did, we gave away huge numbers of flyers. I even gave away free shots of vodka, which in no way do I regret. Uh, and I wanted everybody to notice straight away. And I wanted the whole world to change really instantly by doing this. That, that's kind of uh, what drives you a little bit. And it's a pretty human reaction to do that, actually. It's a pretty normal way of uh, seeing the world. Uh, and if you think about when we pray, we want results really quickly, don't we? When we want God to move, we want him to do it soon. We want it to be instant. That's what we hope for. When we pray, we don't pray thinking, well, maybe in a hundred years after I've died, this prayer will get answered. It's hard for us to get our heads around that. We pray, I, I want this to happen now. Lord God, would you do it now? But when Jesus, when this God in flesh, when supernatural walks the streets, when he arrived, how did he arrive? Well, he arrived as a baby and babies can't really do much. Babies are pretty useless <laughs> at stuff. Aren't they? they can't talk. They can't walk. They can't feed themselves, can't even see very far when they're first born. The babies are really not much good for anything. They're entirely dependent on their parents. And that was our Lord and Saviour. That was the king of the universe. That is Jesus. Incarnation, God on earth, is actually quite slow and quite hidden at this moment, isn't it? This incarnation actually is a picture of patience for us. It's actually the opposite to children on Christmas morning who are just, they want their presents, they want them now. Anything that slows that process down is an abomination to these kids, isn't it? There's no patience there at all. Actually, the incarnation is a picture of patience. God was on earth for 30 years before he really announced what he was doing, before he got moving, before the activity of the kingdom seemed to get any sort of pace. God goes at his speeds, not at our speeds. He moves in his way, not in our way. That is the incarnation. When we celebrate Christmas, which I hope we get to do in some way uh, this year, we are celebrating God's arrival in flesh. We're also celebrating the fact it took him 30 years after that first Christmas to really announce himself. So actually, when he called his disciples, when he began his slow journey to Jerusalem, uh, began his way uh, healing the sick, 
uh, loving the poor, uh, preaching and teaching, calling people to follow him, uh, then to his death, then to his resurrection. When we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating the fact that it took Jesus a fair bit of time to get to doing that. And that actually God moves at his pace, not our pace. So this announcement, well, there's more to it than the incarnation. There is the reason for it as well. And Paul says, look, what's the reason? The reason is to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. There's a deep sense of family, actually, in this passage. When we talk about incarnation, about God's becoming flesh, we are talking about a family activity. But Paul writes, God sending his son. And Jesus himself says, look, I'm being sent to do the will of the Father. There is the work of the Trinity here. Jesus coming to earth was a work of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about uh, those gods that come to earth, and it can feel very mythical and like ancient stories and very grand and austere, and we should, everybody was in fear of these gods walking on earth, actually, with Jesus, he comes down to bring us into family. It's much more earthed in reality. It's much more normal, actually. It's coming down to make us sons and daughters, to make us uh, part of his family, not his slaves, uh, not his servants. As Paul describes it, we are bought out of a religious system. We are bought out of a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of doing things. And we are bought out from under law, and we are to receive adoption as his sons. We are brought into his family. And there is, even though we're talking about family here and kind of relationships, there's something a little bit official about it, if you think about it. As, uh, we often think of relationships as being very organic and happening over time, uh, which is kind of true, but they all start at a point. And the way that Paul talks about this about the incarnate son of gods it talks about a change of status for us and we go from being on the outside of the family to being on the inside of the family i remember years ago must be 22 maybe 23 years ago before vicky and i got married um, and before we were even going out with each other we were tentatively eyeing each other up that's what we were doing that and certainly that is what i was doing and uh, I asked Vic out because, um, you know, I thought she'd see that she'd want to go out with me. So I asked her out. Seems logical. Uh, but she said no. And she admits this is her greatest mistake she's ever made in her life and that she could have lost me forever. So and then six months later, she actually came around to what was clearly the best thing in front of her and uh, gave me a phone call and said, look, Tim, if you were to uh, ask me out again, I would probably say yes this time. Uh, that's how it works. So, uh, so I, I asked her out, and she said yes. And it all went well. Um, but at that moment, we went from just being friends to being something more official, isn't it? To being boyfriend and girlfriend. There's a, an exclusive exclusivity there that happened. It was a, a change in our status as people that we were actually now attached to someone else. And it's a very powerful moment, those. I'm sure uh, in many of you would be able to identify that when you are brought into relationship with each other. It's actually a, a very powerful moment. But it is also only the beginning. We hardly knew each other. We didn't really even know ourselves particularly well, the age we were at. Uh, we didn't really understand what being in a proper relationship 
even meant, but it was still true. We still were in that relationship. When we talk about uh, the reason for God come down, it's the opposite of hype, really, isn't it? It's the opposite of a big announcement. It is about being brought into the family of God's. It's been brought into a relationship that develops over time, that takes intention, that takes effort even to grow that relationship. This Christmas story is about the arrival of God in flesh. It's about us being brought into his family, adopted into his family. And what is the result of this, this incarnation, this God as flesh, us being brought into the family? Well, what's the impact of that? Or how does it affect us on Boxing Day, shall we say? Well, Paul actually says, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his sons into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Very simply, we are changed internally. We are changed. Who we are is changed. As the Holy Spirit works on us because we make Jesus our Lord and Saviour, actually the cry of our hearts is changed. Our hearts cry out for things, whether we realise it or not. Uh, we cry out for uh, love, for affection. We cry out for meaning, for purpose. We cry out for all sorts of things, perhaps even wealth and security. Whatever it might be, we cry out for stuff. And actually the Spirit comes to us and changes us, so we cry out for our Father. We cry out for our relationship. Our adoption isn't into a dysfunctional family, isn't into a family where the father is absent. We're aware of him uh, maybe on the fringes, but he's not really involved. Uh, perhaps even very distant, perhaps uh, even very stern, very heavy on discipline, low on love. We're not brought into a dysfunctional family. We're not brought into a father who's not involved. This is a father we can cry out to. More than that, he sends his spirit to us to repair the damage of our hearts so that we can, in fact, cry out to our father. We cry out for all sorts of things, don't we? If we are honest, we cry out for acceptance. We cry out to be loved. We cry out to be significant in some way. And perhaps that's why we love big hype and big announcements and those sorts of things and the drama of breaking news and all of that to feel that we are significant, that there is a place in the world for us, that we are looking for it. Uh, actually, perhaps it's to crave the attention or to be involved in a moment of significance or to see the world change dramatically, whatever it might be. But actually Christmas, this time of year, was, as we celebrate, is about the most important things that there are. It's about God becoming flesh, it's about us being brought into his family, this perfect family. And actually, it's about this family changing our hearts, restoring us to who we were meant to be, helping us find our true place and purpose in the world.